All right, I might as well address the elephant in the room. Um, yeah, I had a had a few weeks ago made a little podcast, and my main takeaway was uh, you're blind as an entrepreneur. You you don't want to face the fact that your idea sucks, or you don't want to search off this the you don't want to search the question that knows you know will kill your idea. Well, you know. I kind of had that takeaway a few weeks ago, but somehow still completely failed to uh, execute on that because come today, <laughs> I just, uh, I guess I made the right search and I had this one little shift in, in wording and found what we do, but better and offered by a bank, including all of their underwriting procedure. Uh, actually, there's automated underwriting solutions already for this. Thanks that the bank offers it and they do all their all their underwriting is like typically automated, right? There's, there's use cases or, uh, sorry, unique cases that, you know, where they have, might have to have a manual underwriter, like a human underwriter, take a look because it, it is rejected by their automated underwriting process. But yeah, it's, it's crazy. Of course, like what we're trying to leverage at vest is future cash flows which is essentially rental income, less debt, less the, the payments you make on debt. And so you look at someone's W-2, look at their, you look at their income, you, and a part of their income is like, okay, can you, the question was, can you qualify uh, rental income as to, for a personal loan, or can you, can you use rental income to get a loan on a mortgage? And that was the simple search that kind of blew up our whole idea. And like, duh, like, what, what was I think? I don't know, in the hindsight, maybe hindsight is like 2022 or whatever, 2015. But um, it wasn't that complicated. Of course, rental income can be used. It's not that nuanced. And banks have automated underwriting. There's tons of procedure for that. And the truth of the matter is that like, I'm not upset about this as I, right now, like I'm not, but I think I'm going to lose my mind in a little bit. And the fact that we just spent a month pitching an idea to investors, like just tons of people that have their time is incredibly valuable. And we didn't even do our due diligence to ensure that our solution wasn't already being uh, offered by a bank. It's kind of ridiculous. It's kind of, it's kind of sad. <laughs> um, but you know, the, the, like, I guess I can only make that mistake so many times before it really sticks with me. And I like, I can't imagine making a mistake again. Like, try and kill the idea as fast as you possibly can. Kinsey and I had this realization. I, I made the search. We found the link and read through it and realized this is exactly what we're doing. Framed in one small difference, like a small different way. And that's that, right? But like, we both, kind of, when we were originally pitched the idea by Colton, Colton like was super hyped on it. He said, we just trusted in his due diligence process, both Kinsey and I. Um, and that's just, uh, that's just not the way it should be, right? Like we can't, in such early stages when the idea was in its infancy, we, uh, we couldn't have expected Colton to do a full, like a complete due diligence. But as we became more, like as the idea matured and we started to understand the space, we should have definitely realized that this solution was being solved way faster than we did it could have taken a day you know two days to figure this out and it, uh, granted there's a lot of 
financing options and the space is, is large and takes tons of research and uh, has a learning curve, but yeah, kind of ridiculous. So really takeaway from the day is uh, do not like, or sorry, just be proactive and really try and kill your idea because this like ignorance is bliss thing is super stupid. It only comes back to bite you. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to call it like pure ignorance because like it took, it would have taken a while to learn that this was an option. Just make the right search, understand the space well enough to whatever. But yeah, it's like it's being done and they're solving the problem we're having. Like yesterday, our big problem was like, we don't have, nobody has this amount of cash flow. It's not a thing. Like you, the cash flow on properties isn't a thing. And so today we started out by looking at the financial models. I'm sorry. Yeah, looking at our financial model and, and running some numbers on ca- what the cash flow would need to be, how much we could offer when the cash flow is this. And so we looked at on Zillow, found the market rent, four different higher cash flowing properties like Michigan, Iowa. Just generally like the properties are, are less expensive, but the cash flow is higher. And so it's like the one type of investing is the cash flow investing versus appreciative investing. Real estate investing, that is. And then... So we found like, oh, some of them, you know, on average cash flow 600. And so we did the math on like, oh, this person owns six properties that are worth 80 grand each and the cash flow 600 a property. And, you know, that, that doesn't make them like there's this critical mass where they no longer need the ca- to continue to aggressively expand and would no longer need our solution if they no longer need to aggressively expand. And that comes with, you know, tons of cash flow. And when they have 3600 like $3,600 in cash flow, because they own six properties, they're not there yet. They're still they're still in that ex- ex- uh, aggressive growth mindset. So, like we were like, sweet, you know, we can offer them fourteen thousand dollars, probably more than that, because we would offer them seventy five percent of the capital that we would qualify. So like, maybe eighteen thousand dollars, whatever. That's a good chunk of the rehab or closing costs or whatever they might need. So that's valuable. And then soon thereafter. After realizing like, okay, we just, we just have to attack a different market. That's great. Entrepreneurship is about finding your niche and solving a problem for a particular, particular group. And there's definitely a big group of investors who have multiple real estate uh, properties, but in higher cash flowing areas rather than places like Utah who are just trying to find properties that appreciate with very low cash flow or negative cash flow. So very soon thereafter, made the search of just realizing that, you know, banks offer this, they offer, uh, they qual, they allow you to, they allow you a loan on your future cash flows based on your existing properties. That's a thing because duh, it's income. Like they look at your tax returns, your W2, they look at your personal income and they can provide a loan that it's more than just your cash flow and your rental income. But if you have a property, like you're a real estate broker, for instance, I'm sorry, if you have a side job, another job, in addition to your real estate empire portfolio, you, uh, you can also get a loan for your regular income. So like it's a personal loan, duh. It's like, <laughs> anyways, I don't want to keep on beating the bush, but decent day. Cheers.